Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Boyery, and as always, I'm with the volcano-adjacent seismologist, Dr. Lucy Jones. Today's episode of Getting Through It is sponsored by individual listeners, as it is a project of the nonprofit Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Would you consider sponsoring this podcast too, for as little as $5 a month? Because that's how it continues to be here for you week after week. It's simple. Just go to patreon.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And now let's get to it. There's this crazy scene in the 1997 movie Volcano, starring Tommy Lee Jones, where a volcano forms from the tar that has oozed out of the La Brea tar pits in Los Angeles's Miracle Mile. The movie is crazy for a number of reasons, and perhaps that's a topic for a future podcast. And it reveals a number of volcano myths, notably that a volcano can just show up. To really understand volcanoes, a great place to start is looking at the myths that surround them. So today, Lucy, let's go through six myths about volcanoes. And let's start with the one I just mentioned, that a volcano can just show up anywhere, that a volcano could be anywhere. And that is very definitely not true. You need to have a source of lava. Tar doesn't cut it. It needs to be molten lava, molten rock. And those only form in a, three types of locations. One is the basic mid-ocean ridges, you know, basic plate tectonics. Uh, the plates are moving away from each other and hot lava comes in between, but it's heavy, so it's on the ocean floor. And then you go over to, as the rock moves out, it goes and hits a subduction zone where cold rock gets pushed back down into the earth. So the mid-ocean ridges are one source, but they're almost always underwater. The second source are those subduction zones. There's a place where cold rock is being pushed down uh, under another plate, under an, another part of the crust, but that process of pushing it in melts the rocks. And especially the sediment on the floor of the ocean that gets carried along and pulled down in, that has water in it, it has a lot of gases, all of that stuff melts, comes back up as volcanoes, and those are most of the volcanoes that we think about, the ones in the Pacific Northwest, the ones in Japan, Etna that's erupting right now in Italy, all of, uh, all of those are subduction zone volcanoes. The third case is a really interesting one, and it's what we call hotspots. There's really only about seven places in the world where there seems to be a conduit down into the mantle. And the rock in the mantle is mostly solid, but as it comes up towards the surface, and the pressure gets reduced, then the rock is able to melt. These hotspots are well-known volcanoes. It's like Hawaii and Yellowstone and Iceland. Uh, Iceland's a little weirder because it's a hotspot in the middle of a mid-ocean ridge, so the two of them come together. Outside of these locations, there's just no melted rock available to come up. And so it can't show up anywhere, it's very, tightly defined where you can see a volcano. That's good to know. So if we don't have a volcano here, it's unlikely that one will just show up. Exactly. LA at least doesn't have that problem. Other problems, but not that. So, okay, the next myth that we hear, and this is a, more recently I've heard a lot of this, is that a super volcano will destroy life as we know it on Earth. Right. So people hear that term super volcano, and boy, doesn't that sound like the end is coming. It's actually a technical term. 
which means a volcano that at some time in the past erupted more than a thousand cubic kilometers of magma in one eruption. Yellowstone is the one that's most talked about. So yes, 700,000 years ago, it created a huge eruption. And these supervolcanic eruptions are extremely rare. And we see evidence of them in the past, you know, literally it can be millions of years. So um, I back off from worrying about it too much. Uh, and even then, uh, I mean, if, you know, one place does come up with a really, really, really big eruption, it could damage a lot of that region. But again, it's not going to take out the whole world. <laughs> so myth number three is that all volcanoes explode, that in order for it to be a volcano, it needs to have a cone and stuff fly up into the air. Right. And actually, one of the most significant ways to distinguish between different types of volcanoes is their explosivity. With, you know, some are very explosive, some are not. And it's determined by their viscosity. You know, different locations will have different minerals that get melted into the magma. The ones that are at the hot spots coming from deep in the earth tend to have less quartz in them and are more liquid. And then the ones that have ocean sediment mixed in because they're at the subduction zones have more quartz. More quartz is stickier, sticky lava traps the gases and causes more explosive eruptions. Quartz is one of the lighter materials. So over millions of years, it really has tended to be on the surface and the mantle rocks have a lot less and it's a pretty consistent difference between the two types of volcanoes. Okay, so myth number four is related that people have to worry about lava running over their house, that there's a path and it's gonna come at them. Well, and you know, this is the opposite of being explosive. If you're really sticky, it doesn't flow. It tends to get blown up and turn into ash. And it's only the low viscosity lavas that tend to flow out over you. And in places like Hawaii and Iceland, you see these you know, pools forming of the magma. And we even sometimes call them shield volcanoes. So you either get explosion or you get the lava. It's pretty rare to get both. So that perfect cone that we think about is not the only type of volcano. Right, the shield volcanoes are very, very flat. To get the cone, you need to be sticky enough that it you know, goes into that cone shape instead of flowing out. They're actually called stratovolcanoes because you get alternating strata of the ash when it explodes and then some lava, but more sticky that then sticks as it comes down the mountainside. The stickiest volcanoes, the ones with the highest viscosity, actually become so explosive that they don't get very tall. They will start to build up, but then a big eruption will blow it apart. And they can never get as tall as like Mount St. Helens or Mount Rainier. I mean, Krakatoa, one of the most famous explosive volcanoes we have, is less than a thousand meters high. It's literally less than 3,000 feet elevation. Let's go to number five on our myth list. The gases from volcanoes are causing climate change. Oh, I've heard this one because people are really desperate to find a reason that doesn't require them to take personal responsibility for what's happening to the climate. But let's be honest, volcanoes have been putting out gases forever. And there are uh, significant stores of carbon dioxide in, in some volcanoes. They also put out other gases, sulfuric gases and fluorine gases that can actually block sunlight and reduce the temperature 
of the air around it. And, you know, one volcano erupts, we might have a bit of a fluctuation for a couple of years, but the 140 years of continuous climate temperature cannot be attributed to volcanoes. I'm afraid it's really coming from us. And, and you know, the amount of carbon dioxide put into the air in just one year by human beings is bigger than what we've seen out of any volcano. All right, so myth number six, I only need to worry about a volcano if it's nearby. I live in Los Angeles, and if a volcano erupts in the Philippines or Iceland or Hawaii or the Pacific Northwest, I don't need to worry about it because it's not close by. Well, you don't have to worry about lava coming into your house. Of course, you probably shouldn't be anyway. There are several phenomena, though, that get carried out at greater distances. The ash flow, uh, a big eruption will create ash, and that'll be carried for a ways. That disrupts airplane traffic because ash sucked into an airplane engine uh, is, can bring down an airplane. And so they stop air traffic for that. Uh, if we get a lot of ash coming out, say in the Pacific Northwest, we could be covering solar panels in Eastern Oregon that are running a lot of server farms. So it might disrupt some of the things you expect to see on the internet. And then if the gas, if it's a big enough eruption that the gases get up into the stratosphere, they can change phenomena around the world, but I'm afraid that's too big a topic to try and give all of the reasons that you worry about gases in the stratosphere right now. So we could go longer on this topic and we'll stop here today. We'll pick up there for our next episode. And until then, I'm John Bwery with Dr. Lucy Jones and you getting through it. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a sponsor at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones.